Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch, where there is always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So let's lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and log some miles. Gonna kick it off here with our dynamic stretches, bringing it down to the basics with some jumping jacks. Gonna start it off in three, two, and one. You know the drill. We're going to make that big X with our body. Going to bring our arms up, reach for the sky. Those legs, nice and wide stance, bringing them back together. When those feet kiss and touch, make sure you squeeze those glutes and just give it a little extra uh, engagement, if you will. Gonna keep doing that for just a few more seconds, back and forth, and then we're gonna transition into our next stretch, which is gonna be sumo squats in three, two, and one gonna be a little bit more than shoulder width apart, pointing those toes outward, kind of like you are either a sumo wrestler or maybe a ballerina. I think ballerinas do this. Anyway, which way or do, don't, it's all good, but do your best to drop it low as you can. Again, making sure to keep that weight distributed into your heels and gradually bring back up no big exaggerated movements here, just nice and slow and in control. Going to get your last one here and then bring it in for calf raises in three, two, and one. Feet just a little bit apart, standing tall, tall like a scarecrow. Going to get up on those tippy tippy toes, which I do know ballerinas do do. There you go, my ballerina knowledge. Gonna stay up on your tippy toes and gradually bring those heels down. If they are plopping, mindfully check in with yourself, bring those toes on the tippy tippy toes and gently bring those heels down. With that, let's shake it all out and start getting into our walk and warm up. In three, two, and one. Coach Christine, are you feeling like a beautiful ballerina today or are you feeling like a sumo wrestler and ready to just tackle the world? Both. I'm feeling like both. I'm feeling both totally jazzed, ready to take on the world and maybe a little extra graceful while I'm doing it um, because this is our first long brunch of the new year. And Coach Shelby, I think that we jam packed this one so much that I'm not even sure what we were thinking when we did it, except that we want people to walk away from this particular episode energized, motivated, and just really excited to tackle whatever brings them joy as part of their running journey. So that's exactly what we have coming on up. What are you most excited about during this episode? I just have to episode? laugh at us. We are not good at saying... Like this is this is where it's good. We are continuously and 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 I think it might be our favorite word next to I love that. Yeah, rejoiner. It's because there's so much. Like this literally is the and episode. So friends, while we're going to have a few more minutes here in our warm-up. Uh, we are going to then take you into endurance blocks. But today's going to be a little different than most of our other episodes, or actually all of our previous episodes, in that while we will have we're not just going to have one guest. We decided to make this a full on brunch party. We're going to have multiple guests from all sorts of different aspects of the running world who have tackled some incredible goals, journeys, pathways, whatever you want to say and have met and taken on new 
endeavors along with met new people along the way. Because that's the big takeaway that I hear everyone saying is how they've been able to kind of find a community or enhance or nurture a new community. And it just, it brings me so much joy. So I can't wait to, to really get into it with everyone. I think inadvertently, because we've been putting the finishing touches on the Gold Digger workshop, I feel like we were like, all right, how many different people can we get? How many different goals can we hear about, learn about, see, take form? Um, So I think subliminally, we're just like, we're in goal mode and we're going to see where it goes. But do you have specific goals this year? Or are you kind of... That's so funny, Coach, because literally as I was out my run last night, I was thinking, what are my big goals? We, we've we shared already that, yes, I'm tackling Tokyo, um, you know, of course, barring something because we never know. <laughs> but I, I am training for Tokyo. I have a very specific goal for Tokyo. But that is over March, the beginning of March. So I want to figure out a goal that can take me through the rest of the year. Um, I'm not really sure what that looks like for me at this point just yet, because for me, it is really important to do some really introspective work before I figure out and name my goal. So that is something that I feel like is also a great takeaway from today because we're hearing so many different goals, so many different opportunities that it's super inspiring to see what what maybe resonates the most with me as to what I decide as my next big step. How about you? I'm kind of in the same boat in a a weird way. I'm kind of looking at this year as like maybe it's my year of no goals to where not that I'm not going to do anything because I mean hello if you've even met me or heard five seconds of this podcast you obviously know that's not my jam but I'm thinking of not having hard and fast specific goals and more of just going for things letting the year kind of evolve and grow and just see see what comes about and work hard, throw things out there. If they stick, great. If not, that's okay too. But yeah, I don't know. I I feel like that's a non-committal goal of goals. (laughs) Well, you know, what's beautiful about this and what we've heard from a couple of our folks as well is that goals can evolve. So while you may not have a specific goal right this very instant, you may find midway through the year, something else resonates with you and you may decide to chart a course for that as well. So I am looking forward to hearing what you decide to explore. But friends, you're going to now get the opportunity to explore with our very first guest out of the gate. And we cannot wait. Again, we're going to have multiple people here today to chit chat with you about different things that maybe you might want to take on as part of your next evolution of your running journey. So with that, let's go ahead and get nice and tall. I'm doing a little shoulder shimmy because I'm so stoked. Bring uh, those shoulders now down and back. Open up that chest, big smile on your face, and let's take it into our first endurance block in three, two, and one. All right, friends, as we're taking you into that first endurance block of this segment, we want to bring on in and welcome to the brunch table Someone that I got to meet and have run with a few times. I always say that it's running with the fast girls whenever I get to run with her, though. (laughs) But we have Patricia Carbone joining us today. Hey, Patricia. 
Hi, happy to be here. We're so excited to have you here. So this all came about rather recently. Coach Shelby and I were chit-chatting a little bit um, with one of our groups, and we were talking about Perfectly Dopey. And Coach Shelby's mind looked like the emoji, where it looked like it was actually an explosive brain. She was like, what is that, and how do I learn all about it? And I'm like, well, let's go ahead and get a Perfectly Dopey friend on the brunch table. But before we get into all that, because there's so much we want to talk to you, let's learn a little bit more about you. How did you get into running? I got into running probably, I I would say, I always say it goes back to like around 2009. I was at Disney World with my friends and we saw the marathon happening and it was just a really exciting uh, moment, you know, We were a little bit confused. We heard all the roads were going to be closed. We couldn't get to the park. But then we saw all the runners going through the Magic Kingdom. And then we saw everybody walking around with their medal. And we said it was so cool. We want to do this. So we signed up for the 5K the next year. And it was so hard. I had to train for a 5K. Like I probably ran, you know, a mile on the treadmill before that. But then had to train for a 5k. I was running around Gainesville and trying to just like get around the block. And the first 5k we did, we had a great time. It's like the, I, I have a couple of pictures from back then, but not many. And um, it was like after that experience, I was hooked and then wanted to do more, more races from there. That's really interesting that you saw them at Disney and that's what was the catalyst of like, hey, let me do this. And I mean, I, I always have to ask not to skip forward, but so you started about training for the 5K. Did you even like imagine there was something like the Dopey Challenge or were you thinking like, oh, no, the 5K is cool. Like, this is what I'm going to stay with. Well, I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I always knew of like the Boston Marathon. It was a big deal every year. And I had a couple of friends who had run it in high school, so I knew people did it. I didn't know how exclusive marathons could be, and I just thought, okay, well, this is something I'll probably never do, but, uh, you know, I'll run a mile here or there, and then the 5K, I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. Maybe I want to do a half marathon, and then um, I think it was around the same time that it was like I signed up for the princess half marathon and then run Disney came out with the Dumbo challenge in California at Disneyland and so I tried that one and I thought okay well I can do this uh, 10k and half marathon challenge and then they came out with the dopey challenge and I was like oh okay, I I guess I'll take this one on too. And um, yeah, the rest, just history. So is it always intrinsic? Like you're always like, yeah, I kind of like the idea of a challenge or is it all about that external motivator, those really incredible medals? (laughs) Or is it a little peer pressure? What makes you make these choices to, to go for them? Probably a combination of everything, you know, it's, there's definitely the element of the peer pressure. There were some uh, friends along the way who would say, oh, I'm signing up for this race, I'm signing up for that race. And 
you don't want to miss out on it. So it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Or the travel aspect, if uh, like I had never been to Disneyland. So when I heard about that race, I thought, okay, well, this is a great chance for me to go to Disneyland and go to California. I think that was the first time I've been to California. So I was happy to take advantage of it and just, uh, you know, get there's there's so many motivators that you can really uh, keep going and uh, you find the one that works best for you. So basically put the word challenge in front of anything or behind anything and Patricia's in. So I feel like cookie challenge with a little bit of peer pressure just for some healthy balance. So it's interesting how it kind of came about and you started doing the dopey challenges. At what point were you like, hey, there's a whole other challenge of doing even more dopiness. Let me do this. Like, did it just one day or was it kind of like a, a slow roll of hearing rumbles and deciding to, to hop on the, what is it, the uh, train that's the ride? The, the mine train? The mine train. <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, after I did the first year, I thought it was kind of that same feeling probably like most marathoners have. Like, oh, I'm one and done. This is enough for me. And then you're finished and you're like, oh, well, now I really want to do another race or I want to do another marathon. Uh, so I, I forget how I ended up just signing up the second time, but I did sign up to do it the second year. And I remember thinking during the races, well, I've already done this before. So of course I can do it again which was a good internal uh, motivation. It was like, okay, I, I know I can do it. I'm going to do it again because especially in the first couple of years, there had never really been a training plan designed for doing that type of challenge. I know um, Run Disney came out with one that they recommended, but I think in the early years, that was the only one. So... You know, I tried to follow it the best I could, but uh, work, life gets in the way. And then, you know, you kind of have to just keep pushing yourself through the actual race. And I said, well, yeah, you already did it before. Of course, you can do it again. And uh, and then I guess I just kept signing up and I heard like fifth anniversary is usually when Disney starts to recognize people who have done it every year and they'll put the little perfect label on their um, bib and give them some kind of recognition. So in our case, we got an extra lanyard to go with the medal. So I'm going to take it back just a little bit for the people who are rolling through here and maybe aren't in Central Florida. And they're, they're like, why do you guys keep, what is even dopey? What is, I realized that I'm like, we gave no context. We're just like, we're just going to dork out and everybody can catch up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, friends. That's exactly how I feel whenever I run with Trisha. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to just catch up eventually. I promise. <laughs> As she's like totally smoking past me. Okay. So friends, the dopey challenge here is a run Disney event which it's during Marathon Weekend, January, traditionally held here in Disney World. And it's the 5K on Thursday. Patricia, feel free to, to correct me if I'm incorrect in any of these. 5K on Thursday, followed by the 10K on Friday. Saturday is the half marathon and Sunday is a full marathon, equaling to something like, what, 39 
point, what's the total mileage? 48.6. 48.6. And if that's not enough, as far as I'm concerned, like that's an ultra, but if that's not enough, because you're doing this consecutively, you're also getting up usually around two o'clock in the morning because you have to get there at the start time for your corral pretty early. So there's a lot to this perfectly dopey. There is a challenge beyond the fact that you're just doing miles consecutively. There's a lot of lack of sleep. Sometimes you're here at Disney, you've traveled out of town, you're still trying to hit the parks. So there's a lot of training that goes into it. It's very interesting to hear how people approach this challenge because I've heard some people train for it a bit more seriously. I, I would consider you part of that camp where you kind of try to do a lot of dopey simulations during your training. And then there's other people who don't tackle it quite as seriously. <laughs> so I'm curious, how have you found, because now you've had 10 years of consistently training, have you found that you've been able to tweak things along the way to get stronger each year? Or have you had training seasons that aren't as good? Um, how, how has that worked for you in the past 10 years of doing this? I think I've just tried to find the training that works best for me, which is, you know, what I would recommend to everybody. Like, I think in the beginning, I started with the Galilee Dopey plan because that was the only one I knew. And it was a good start because I wasn't really training for BQ. I wasn't a consistent runner. So it got me in the groove. You know, I tried to do the run walk and it worked at that point and then somewhere along the line I think it was like 2018 I decided I wanted to improve my marathon time and then I did some research I found the Hal Higdon dopey plan and that one was a little bit different it didn't have the run walk recommendations and then it also I don't, I don't remember if it incorporated like speed training, but I felt like it had a little bit higher mileage and I ended up really liking that plan. So I tried to stick close to that in the past couple of years, but then I also got more dopey, so to speak, and added in more marathons in the training cycle. So. I like to say this year I went to, I did dopey training via Berlin and New York City Marathon, which uh, may not have been an ideal strategy. It was just uh, the best way of fitting in everything. So tried to allow for some recovery. The, the travel time was obviously uh, time that was difficult, but you know, still modified the plan so I could get some other goals accomplished along the way. I find it so interesting that they made it a 10 years to get to the perfect dopey because my Disney brain goes, well, there's seven dwarves and then they have Snow White. So why didn't they do it eight years? Like you have to do seven years to get the dwarves and then the eighth year is Snow White. I don't know. Like I get 10, like it's a nice round number. Us runners, we like like 10 Ks, 10 milers, but... I don't know. Do you get a special medal for doing the 10 years? Or do you think they're just going to give you another lanyard? What's what's the swag look like is what I want to know. <laughs> I would really like to know that too. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, predictions or guesses. Uh, so at five years, they start recognizing the perfect status and they give you the lanyard. So we got the lanyard for fifth, sixth, 
seven, I guess the, the 2021 was the virtual year, so they didn't send it out. And then last year they gave a lanyard. Uh, there's been some comparison to the perfect goofies. And in that challenge, I think at uh, 10 years, they might, I forget if it was the goofies or the perfect marathoners. Someone said there was a little plaque that people received. I think maybe one year the perfect goofies got a t-shirt. I don't know if that was officially through Run Disney, um, but you know, so there's been a lot of guesses at what could be coming. Uh, I'm hoping it's more than a lanyard. I try not to do the math on what I've invested in this over the years. But would hope that after 10 years, it's a little bit more than a lanyard. If it's not, you know, I have seen other swag available for either. Uh, my friend made me a mug one year, uh, last year. So, you know, might just make my own. We'll, we'll see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, definitely. Do you get VIP status to any of the Porto Potty lines? <laughs> I, I wish, you know, that would, that would be really good. These are all great suggestions. Uh, I, the only VIP status we get is that uh, they do send you a special registration link uh, in your email. So Okay, it, so you can register before it sells out. Right. And um, so the past couple of years, we've gotten that link. And especially last year when the computers kind of overloaded and people got stuck in an hours-long registration queue, it's really nice to know that your registration is guaranteed and that you can sign up at your leisure. Speaking of crunching the numbers, all I'm thinking is like you basically they sent you an email fast pass to spend more <laughs> money to go get that lanyard. I know fast passes aren't a thing, but that's my that's my old age Disney showing. Bring back the fast passes. Yeah, that it sounds about right. Like, oh here. You've already invested in this before. Um, come do it again. Uh, so a couple of questions. I want to know some of your most fond memories of tackling Perfect Dopey over 10 years consecutively being there every year. Do you have some favorite character stops or stories um, along the way? I, I really love the characters just overall, I think that's one of the best things about running at Disney is that you can really have fun with it, whether you want to dress in a costume or stop for the pictures. I know sometimes the lines are really long at the character stops. So, uh, you know, I've told myself like, oh, okay, if I'm doing the marathon, it goes through all four parks. I'll try and stop with at least one character in each park and then I know I've uh, gotten a few in. I remember when I've done costumes, it's always fun to try to stop for the characters who are uh, represented with the costume that you have. Like uh, one year I did the costume for Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph. And I think it was during the 10K. So that was on a Friday and I had to go to work after. But I said, the characters are here. I'm going to stop for the photo and wait in the line anyway, because it's my costume. And, you know, it was just sacrifice that you have to make. 
Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, work is always going to be there. So, <laughs> but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to get your Disney run, Disney bounding kind of outfit opportunity photo op. Okay. So there's lots of fun characters and that's always one of the trade-offs I think for, for investing in such a, um, not a modest registration fee. Let's put it that way. Trying to be careful because we love you run Disney. We do. We're just saying (laughs) you're not exactly inexpensive, but so there's that great part of it. Do you also love those photo opportunities afterwards with your medals? Cause I'm wondering, are you going to try to bust out 10 years worth of medals at like Cinderella's castle? How do you do that? (laughs) No, I, I forget when I, started just bringing the dopey metal. So uh, must have been a few years I would have my husband bring the medals to the finish so then I could take the photo with the characters uh, with all the medals. And I started just having him bring all of the dopies. So then I could take a picture with dopey uh, with like six, seven, eight, nine medals. And, I think that's kind of working the best because even when I tried to put them all around my neck, like it's sort of strangling you at that point. Like having 10 medals, it's more, it's an added workout. But I have seen different ways of holding them. You know, people put their arms out, airplane, and put them on one on each arm uh, in a row or maybe trying to this is already planning trying to strategize how to do this you know holding five in one hand holding five in the other and kind of a lineup so i think that's the best strategy especially being local to the area um you know it's much easier for me to put 10 medals in a bag i I don't i have seen photos of people who try to bring many many years and take those photos around the castle but it's it's very heavy, and then you don't want to scratch them up. Yeah, though those metal protector sellers on Etsy, friends. So if you're planning on traveling with your metals, definitely check out those those Etsy sellers that, that they've got your back. So I have a couple more questions before we transition into some of the other things that you tackle as well, Patricia. And one of the questions that comes to mind is, you already said it. You said finding the training that works best for you. But what would you suggest to people as they are tackling maybe their own, coming up with their own bucket list? And after hearing you, they're like, I'm definitely adding this to my list of things that I want to do. How would you suggest that people tackle these kind of really big goals that require a lot of consistency year after year? Yeah, but I think that really is the the point. Like, you know, what works for me isn't going to necessarily work for someone else. And what works for me now may not work for me a year from now. So it is important to think, start with your goal. You know, if your goal is dopey next year, then you have to think like, okay, well, how do I want to do dopey? Do I want to walk it? Do I want to run walk it? Do I want to do it for fun? Do I want to do it for speed? Have I ever done a marathon? You know, there's just a lot that goes into it. And especially if people haven't done a marathon before, I at least like work into it with a couple half marathons. I think I had done, um, maybe like three or four half marathons 
in the year leading up to it. And at least you know you've, at that point you have the first three days kind of taken care of. You can do the 5K, 10K half and then build up to the marathon. Uh, but really finding what works for you. You know, I've had different jobs where my schedule has been really difficult to fit in runs or, um, you know, maybe you're traveling a lot. I, I travel a lot now for work, so I'm running in different places, sometimes on the treadmill, sometimes outside. Uh, but, and then you have to think about like, how many days a week are you gonna run? If you're new to running, you probably don't wanna jump in with a plan that's six days a week just because it's putting all kinds of strain on your body, just mileage-wise, time-wise, you know, that's probably not a good starting point, but... We agree. Maybe, <laughs> but maybe three days is too little. Maybe you want four, you know? So look at the options, see what's going to work. Are you an early morning? Are you an evening? I started as an evening runner, and then now I'm early morning, <laughs> Christine knows. People start at like 5, 5 a.m., 5.15, 5.30. So if you asked me 10 years ago and said, oh, yeah, will you be running at 5 in the morning? I'd say, no way. And then it I, just I still say that every single time I see you guys posting your 5 a.m. runs. I'm like, no way. <laughs> but no, actually, that is so we talk a lot about that here at Brunch, where it's about honoring the season of where you're at. Um, of course, we're in taking into mind where you want to go, but not necessarily trying to compare against other runners or even compare where you were um, maybe five, six months ago, even years ago. Because as you said, it evolves as we get through our training and having different aspects of our lives and different requirements. So that brings us to the next thing. I've already heard you mention New York and Berlin, and I know you've got Chicago coming up. So tell me, are you tackling the World Marathon majors as well? I am. That's kind of part of the evolution of things that, you know, you see over the years. It's like, okay, well, I've been doing Dopey. I've, you know, I really like doing Disney races. I like the the fun of it, the the friendships that have come from it. Uh, and January, I've pretty much reserved as like the Dopey month. But I do want to get around and experience other races so um the world marathon majors is just another amazing challenge to be able to do all six of them and i haven't i have an idea of how i would like to get to all of them but uh you know it's certainly uh not an easy process there too it's gonna either take a lottery for some of them or fundraising, or just really, really training and trying to get those qualifying times where um, my, a couple of us like to say older, further, faster as we keep training. And uh, I, I think of that with the Boston Marathon qualifying times. If I can just uh, get the right intersection of older, further, faster, then I can hit the qualifying time. Oh, I love that. That sounds like a great mantra and goal as well. So friends, we are going to include here in episode notes, the 
fundraiser for Patricia for Chicago Marathon. She is fundraising for Team Pause, which is a wonderful organization. And I'm curious, why did you select Team Pause? Is it near and dear to your heart or how did that come to play? Yeah, I think selected it because I love animals. You know, I grew up having cats and then uh, grew into a little allergies for cats, so couldn't continue with them. But now I have a dog and he's my fur baby. So when I was looking at the Chicago charities, I focused in on the ones for pets and I really, uh, you know, kind of bonded with Team Paws. I saw their mission to help the homeless pets in Chicago and you know, it's really great just to see pets being rescued and given a good home and they do a lot to help them. So any charity that's helping animals, you know, you really have to feel for them because doing such great work. So because this is too perfect, hi-ho, hi-ho, off to Chicago you go. <laughs> right. Well, I know. And I had to enter the lottery before COVID for Chicago. I didn't get it then, and then I didn't get it through the lottery this year, but um, my friend and I made a pact that if one got in, <laughs> she got into the lottery, and then I didn't, so I was like, well, let me find the right charity so I can finally get there. So friends, you can also keep track of Patricia here with Perfectly Dopey on Instagram. So at Perfectly Dopey, again, these notes, will these will all be in episode notes. So you can keep track. You can see how she tackles this Perfect Dopey um, post race picture because I'm curious. And again, donating to Team Pause, an incredible organization um, as a thank you for all of the information and inspiration that she may have provided. If you have a couple more minutes, Trisha, we're going to ask you some brunch questions because we love food here. <laughs> Me too. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Isn't that why running is such a beautiful sport? It gives us the opportunity to like consume a, some delicious food along the way. So here, Coach Shelby and I have a full-on battle. She is captain of Team Savory. So she's all about those savory brunch foods like omelets. And I don't know, what do you guys have over on your team, Coach Shelby? amazingness we have quiches <laughs> we have bagel sandwiches we have all the goodness i'm just saying i'm team sweet so i'm all about pancakes french toast and um little delicious breakfast pasties like almond croissants if you have to choose a team which one are you going to i even though i had pancakes this morning i would probably go with team savory just because the bagel sandwich can't be beat, especially right? if, yeah, bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel is like one of my favorite post-run uh, meals. And that was probably the highlight of going to New York City for the marathon was getting the New York bagel with the bacon, egg, and cheese. I think I ate that twice in one weekend, so. <laughs> well, we welcome you to the team and we will try to get more than a lanyard as our team swag. No promises, but I will try. For the record, Shelby, I'm so sad that the holidays are over just for the simple fact that for one little period of time, about three weeks, I had everybody on Team Sweet and now, <laughs> now everybody's heading back to Team Savory. It's okay. It may be a little lonely island over here, but it's still my island and I like it. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I said I had the pancakes today. So you did, it, you did. You know, it, it's, it's a good balance of eating both. And uh, I feel like Coach know, Shelby like, got your heart, though, with that bagel sandwich right out of the gate. Like, she must have known. She's yeah, like, she said bagel sandwich, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you can't beat it. So. And then our last brunchy type question is, how do you take your coffee if you are a coffee drinker? I love coffee, so I would drink it all day, not just at brunch. Uh, but I, I just like to put in a little bit of milk. I have, you know, I haven't gone completely black coffee, but I try to limit the sugar intake and just go with my uh, lactate milk and. It definitely sounds like you're on the right team with team with Coach Shelby because that's very similar to how she takes her just black and as often as she can throughout the day. Oh, yes. Patricia, thank you again so much for hanging out with us for this endurance segment and for really inspiring so many people and providing so much great information because I think that it is it's a big tackle that you've undertaken and we can't wait to cheer you on actually as folks are running through this this very moment cheer on Patricia. Send her some love on Instagram because she is in the middle of her perfect dopey this very weekend as this episode gets released. So we can't wait to, to see that that post finish and send you lots of good wishes for a strong race. Races. <laughs> Me too. Thank you both. It was great being here and I'm super excited for this weekend. I think it's going to be a fantastic, magical time as always. Yes, yes. Have fun. Let's go ahead and bring it back into a pace change now in three, two, and one. Since this is a longer workout, I think both Christine and I are going to say to maybe pull it back a little bit, you know, just go into a walk, maybe take a walk. It's This is a marathon, not a sprint. I know it's not really as funny when we all understand marathons, but I'm just... No, it really it. is. This is definitely a really long episode. So if you're following along with the structure or you're out ha- hitting those double digit miles, maybe you're just out there for a little bit more time on your feet. This is a great time to just kind of pull back, reassess. How's your hydration going? How's your nutrition going? Do you need to check in? I know that I've been tweaking my nutrition in preparation for my race. I am definitely loving the you can strawberry banana goo gels things. They're not they're not goo or gel, so I don't know how to describe them. It's like a starchy liquid is the best way I can describe it. I know that sounds horrible. You know what? Why is their marketing department not calling you, Christine? <laughs> Just call your thing a starchy liquid, guys. Kill sell. I was actually in one of their test audiences as they were rebranding back in the day a long, long time ago. Really? Uh, clearly, they did not take anything that I suggested into account because no starchy liquid is not going to sell. But it is. Obviously, I feel like this goes without saying this is not an ad because I'm pretty sure we would suck at that. But I I have said I do love their strawberry banana, especially popping it into the refrigerator. It's a little cooler when I get to it um, because, you know, it's been a little warmer here in Florida. But friends, checking in with whatever is working for you. This is a great time if you're in a training season to be experimenting or if you're out on race day, maybe you're tackling run Disney marathon weekend. Just make sure that you're hitting up those hydration stands and you're refueling as we take it back into our next big endurance block and keep on rolling with a few more guests along the way. Let's do it in three, 
two and one. All right, another guest on deck, ready to go, ready to get you through this next endurance block. We have Brian Johnson, the man, the myth, the legend, the James Bond behind the keyboard. We have Brian from Half Fanatics, Marathon Maniacs, the double agent running the blog. I mean, I've asked a lot of people this, but do you sleep or do you just, are you just evolved beyond sleep by now, Brian? Well, uh, that's why God invented coffee. We, we wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment right there. We yeah. absolutely agree. I feel like it is a quote that Benjamin Franklin has that beer is proof that God loves us. I feel like that's actually the, the case when it comes to coffee. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, we are so excited to have you here at the brunch table because we decided that we wanted folks as they endeavor on kicking off a new year to think about goals for themselves to evolve in their running that don't necessarily have to do with the traditional metric focus or performance metric focus with sometimes getting faster. We can get a little bit too much in our heads with going further or adding in a lot of maybe Boston qualifications, all worthy goals. But sometimes we can get a little bit past like forgetting the joy. So we've had quite a few guests talk about how they pursue their running, how they have their joy. And one thing that I took away from my brief stint in Half Fanatics is that you guys know how to party. So (laughs) it felt like we we could not have this kind of an episode without one of you being here to represent. So can you tell us how you got involved with running? Um, I got involved with running. Actually, I picked it up about 10 years ago during the last bit of my time in the service. I was overweight, um, out of shape, and my boss at the time in the military very politely said, either get in shape or get out. So that was incentive enough to get started. So um, I started more with a lot of walking or like rock walking. But basically just carrying a weighted backpack and a weighted vest and just speed walking and then eventually trying to run little bits here and there. I picked up a whole lot of blisters along the way. But I did, I mean, I started that in June. By August, I said, you know, I want to do my very first half marathon. And I did absolutely no structured training. I just said, I'm just going to do it. Oh, I did it. I think my longest run was maybe six miles. I paid for it. I paid for it dearly, but I did it. Um, and then I said, okay, well, anybody can do capture lightning in a bottle. Let me try it a second time. So I tried it again a couple months later. And then um, that was December, January of the following year. I said, okay, I want to earn my little 26.2 um, uh, magnet for the back of my car so I can say that I've done that. So that took me... 10 months again with no formal training groups or no running with friends or anything like that just kind of doing it um and and you know still still in the service still you know trying to make sure that i was passing all of their qualifications i eventually passed that did my first marathon this was october 2013 and then a week later went to military school and then while i was there i you know because i was on the east coast i said hey you know this is kind of fun let me see if i can go find another one so i um so my first marathon was the columbus marathon in october 2013 four weeks later i had done the philadelphia marathon and three weeks after that i was um, doing the rehoboth beach marathon and 
you know, and each time it was, well, that I liked that. Here, let me see if I can try this again. So it wasn't until I was at Rehoboth Beach when I um, had seen the Marathon Maniacs shirts for the first time. I was like, huh, this is interesting. So I started researching it and figured it out, and you know, um, I applied to join. So the initial the requirements were either you do two marathons in 16 days or three marathons in 90. I had done three in about 46 days, and that started my overachiever. <laughs> yep, that started my path. The next couple of years, it was just like two marathons or three marathons or. Even upwards of five, depending on you know what had happened. COVID, COVID slowed me down a bit. Uh, breaking my wrist slowed me down a bit, and then last year I did eleven. So, and then you know this year, this year I've got at least six on the docket. So, you're so cavalier about it. But before we go, first of all, thank you for your service. Very much appreciate that. Thank you. But yeah, I love how you're just so cavalier, like, yeah, you know, I did like three or four and just like, you're so chill about it. So I feel like the first natural question is, do you go in with just the love for the distance and the love for trying to do the distance back to back? Do you, do you ever think about time? Or are you just like, Hey, I'm here. I just like medals. Um, yes. Yes. You asked multiple questions. So, I yes. did. Um, so no, my very first, you know, when I very, and when I got into it at first, I was like, you know, I really want to try to work towards the Boston qualifier. Like, you know, a lot of runners do. Somewhere in there, my goal changed. And I just said, you know, I kind of, I just realized I wasn't necessarily going to get that fast. So uh, my goal changed and I just, had said, you know, I just want to try doing it just for the sake of doing it and just kind of do it a little bit more for the love. And then eventually, um, four years, yeah, it'd be now four years ago, I said, you know, I would really like to do 50 marathons or better before I turn 50. So at the time I had 25. So I said, okay, well, let's see if we can, you know, it's not a tremendously hard goal. Why not? And then, COVID, you know, COVID hits, you know, everything shut down and, you know, I actually did get to do two, um, two, I had, well, it was three races that year, one two weeks before COVID and then two, um, I did my first stage race um, in um, September of 2013, did that and a marathon at the same time, you know, it was 110 miles, but that's a different story. And then just kind of eventually picked it all back up. And um, yeah, although, you know, it hasn't been without problems. Like I was the, I'm the living proof of why one um, runs around obstacles on, on the trail as opposed to jumping over them. I was running with a friend, tried to jump over an obstacle, which was just a random two by four on the trail. I misjudged it and went down hard and ended up breaking my wrist. Gosh. The funny part though, well, so the bad part then the funny part. The bad part was um, many of the newer um, watches I run with a Garmin has an emergency feature on it. So when I fell, it tripped the emergency feature. So I hear it chirping and my friend that was with me 
I told her, you've got to, you're going to have to take my phone and call my wife right now because she's about to get an emergency notification saying that I've had a problem. So anyway, go through the doctor, all of that. They say, congratulations, you broke your arm, but they still cleared me to be able to, it was like the best possible break. Um, so they still, they cleared me to run though. So 11 days after I broke my wrist, I was up doing an ultra marathon in Northeast Ohio. Um, you know, it, it, my wrist was hurting partway through it. So I ended up walking 29 miles that day. It was a 31 minute, 31 mile minimum. Um, I ran two before, you know, my wrist hurt enough where I said, okay, I'm walking. And then I walked the next 29 miles. It took me 11 hours. Wow. So resiliency, it comes to mind because I think at, at some point along the way, I'd be like, eh, do I really need to do this? <laughs> um, it eventually gets to a point, though, where for me now, it's become more about find, find the ways for a different challenge. So like last year, like, sure, there's the Boston qualifiers, but then it's the point behind Marathon Maniacs and Half Fanatics is can you do races frequent, how frequently is really it's the word frequency more than anything else is would be the word that comes to mind it's people who love to do marathons and half marathons and do them frequently in a very short interval of time uh between them so like for me um having the love of it um this this last year i tried um the slightly more interesting one of i tried to do six marathons in six dates in six days I finished five. I finished five fulls in one half, and the only reason why I did the half was because it was raining, it was cold, it was windy, and I was starting to get hypothermic. Where I just said, "Yeah, no, I'm done." <laughs> so he has limits, folks. Let's just point yeah. that out at this minute, Mark. He has limits. Shelby, that was my takeaway too. I was like, "Wait, hold on." <laughs> yeah. But the other part of it too, though, is. Um, learning what your limits are, like for me, it was learning about what my limits were and then pushing past the limits and then trying to establish a new limit. And then once you've established the new limit, um, then go through and um, see if you can push past that limit and then try to establish another limit and then just kind of keep pushing the limits out and see what you can ultimately find where your outward limit is. Yes. And it feels like that plays right into, from what I understand of the Marathon Maniacs and Half Fanatics, it's all about leveling up. Like all of the times that I would see people talking about, it's like, you've reached this level and that's wonderful, but how do you level up to the next level? And that's where the running the consecutive marathons or races comes into play and you're able to kind of, it never ends. It honestly feels like, Coach Shelby, you're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to have another movie reference. So it'll make two for this episode. It feels like Matrix. It's like, take the red pill. How far does the rabbit hole kind of go? It feels like on this because you could essentially join in with their qualifying level and be very happy at that specific level and just call it at that and pay your membership dues and, you know, get to hang out and go to some of the exclusive events with the club. Or you can get really involved with it and kind of just continuing to see where do I level up? What's my next adventure? So is that, it sounds like that kind of organically happened to you. Do you feel now that, is there another level that you're looking forward to attaining? Uh, as much as I would like, because as far as for levels for Marathon Maniacs, I at a five-star level, um, 
you know, but for me, would I love to get to the uh, 10 star? Yes. Am I going to? No. I don't really, you know, while I'm good, I don't really want to do, um, you know, 52 marathons over 52 weeks. Um, I'm, you know, I'm crazy, but I, you know, I, I know what my, I know what my limit is, and I know I can't do that one. It goes to the old adage that we always hear, like we're crazy, but we're only half crazy because you do like the half marathons. But now, in the group itself, if you're at liberty to say, because I don't know how, I don't know if it's like Fight Club, like we don't talk about Fight Club, <laughs> like what happens. But for sure, the only fun maniacs and half fanatics you don't talk about. <laughs> well, off the record on the podcast, yes. Um, yes. are there a lot of people who choose to do the multi-continent type of approach, or is that kind of not a thing? Oh, you're talking like the seven, seven, seven. Yeah. So it's seven marathons, seven, seven marathons, seven continents, seven days. Um, it's it is very much a thing. There are very much people that do it. Um, it's very much an adventure. I've researched it, but it's something where um, the wait. There are tour companies that will do it, but the waitlist to do it like if you said today you wanted to do it it would take three years before you could actually get into with the tour company that would be able to or that would you know take you through those seven countries or those uh, seven continents do you just become like the owner of these pages if you do that or is there like even a, a star level for that i want to know i want to know my um, ranking if i can do it <laughs> I actually have it open in a different window, so I apologize. You can have to give me 10 seconds, but... It is a pretty small club in comparison to some of the other clubs as to the amount of members, just because financially, it's also a really big undertaking. Like when we talk about limits, Correct. my bank account has that limit for sure. There is... I, do, I am not a high roller like that quite yet. <laughs> the reoccurring theme of this episode is going to change your goals on the go and our bank accounts hate us. Those are the <laughs> biggest two takeaways, I think, from yep. all of our guests. Um, oddly enough, the seven continents will only give you eight stars. Interesting. Well, dang. I, okay. Yeah. I think I want to still go for the 10. I'll just do 52 marathons. Yeah. So the 10 is 52 marathons within you know, 365 days, 30 marathons in 30 different states, countries, or provinces within a year, or 20 countries within uh, 365 days. So friends, we're going to include all of this in episode notes and in our blog posts because there are so many wonderful things for you all to research. We know that you're out there on the run right now and maybe some of these are piquing your interest and you kind of want to take your own little rabbit hole um, adventure and see what where you end up with with your goals after you're done here. So don't worry about it. You don't have to commit any of this to memory. We'll have those linked for you to find uh, Brian, find the membership to get involved with any of these endeavors and clubs. So now you do run the blog and that seems like a huge undertaking as well, because it looks like you're pretty much having to update it with all of the members and what they tackle over the weekend. How do you do that? I can't even keep track of Metal Monday. Um, time management, <laughs> uh, time management, maybe a good glass of red wine. Um, so no, it's, so like I work my day, I work the day job. I'll I'll get home probably about six thirty. I'll probably start working at seven thirty, and 
it's just I it's like yesterday was or the end of this or was the start of year three of doing this so it's just a lot of trial and error in um, I a lot of skimming the Facebook pages or skimming the pages or skimming the information just to see okay what's interesting and then um, it's really not that hard because it's just a lot of copy and paste so like mm-hmm. when I tell a personal story um, I'm not telling the story of from the point of view of me like you know me doing the interview or something like that it's I've taken like what they're sharing, cross-posting into the blog, and giving and then giving people credit, you know, the credit for their photo, their story along the way. And but it's just a thing of you know telling their stories. So it's probably I don't invest more than like five or six hours a week on it. You know, wow, you know, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not a great self-editor. I'm like, no, new paragraph added here. <laughs> but but that's still, that's really impressive. And I like how you seem to at least approach it kind of like training. Like I'm going to spend this chunk of time, that chunk of time. And you've crafted over that three years or coming into the third year ways to make it doable. I mean, we always say there's a lot of parallels between life and running, but I mean, case point, hit blog post send right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to bring it back a little bit to all of your adventures. Do you have maybe some favorite races that you've encountered, some that you've been there, done that we'll never do again, um, or... Again, we're asking multi, multi-phase multi questions or maybe a couple that you have that are on your wish list that you definitely must do. We need question fanatics. <laughs> Goodness. I, I'm serious. I knew this was going to be so hard because there's just so much to unpack with these two incredible clubs and then obviously the double agent aspect of it. Yep. Now, I'll um, I'll go back a step and then go back forward. Um the two goals that I have now for when I do any one of the runs, I or for any one of the races, I you know just decided I've got two goals: finish, don't die. As long as I can do those, I'm good. So, um, it you know like last summer, it was the trips through New England of doing six six different states in six different days. It was just a tremendous, fun, wonderful experience, um, just being able to do that. Um, my bank account took a great hit, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Um, it was, you know, I'm originally from South Dakota, so the idea of being able to go through um, all of New England, which, you know, a kid from the Flatlands in South Dakota has never done before, is like, sure, why not? You know, and currently I live in Ohio, but... Um, I've done New York City twice, which you have to do New York. It's If you go to New York, you don't necessarily go there expecting to do a uh, Boston qualifier. Not saying you can't, but it's more of you do it for the experience. Um, like for me, this last time out, um, it was humid as all heck. This was you know November this past year. You know, just going along, you know, you hit some of the areas, it's like, it, it's like 26 miles of a party. Somewhere in mile 17, somebody offered me a big cup of uh, white wine, so I drank that. Quarter mile later, somebody offered me a big thing of uh, some random draft beer, have no idea what it was. Drank, both, drank that one. I walked the next three miles into the Bronx, but it was very much worth it, so... 
I enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, ones though that I would recommend, like my third one, Rehoboth Beach. I loved Rehoboth Beach, but more for the after party, more than anything else. Oh my god, that was a wonderful after party. You know, and me being just a baby marathoner at the time, I was like, okay, this is how it is, I'll take it. Um, the, you know, the Marine Corps Marathon, I did that. That was a lot of fun. Um, DC is deceivingly hilly, but it's when you're at the right at the end, you're thinking, okay, I see the end, but then you have to go up this big hill, or you have to go up this hill. It's like, why? But then you get through, and then they're giving you your medal right in front of the Iwo Jima uh, Memorial, which is just the absolute coolest thing. Um, the Hearted, you know, the cool hard marathon um, is Hatfield McCoy's. Um, it's right at the border between um, Kentucky and West Virginia. It's in Hatfield McCoy country. Um, you actually go past some of the old homesteads. Like you'll see signs that say, you know, kin is only allowed in like on the third third Saturday of September, and you have to be able to prove you have to be able to prove it. Um, it I mean, it's interesting. It's also one of the hardest races that you'll do because, you know, like your first two miles, you're going downhill and then you're at the bottom of the mountain and you spend the next four and a half miles working your way up the mountain. It's about six and a half is when you finally start working your way back down. The very first time I did that race, I had uh, pulled something or spring, you know, something, whatever. Um, so I ran the first six miles and ended up walking like the next 19 and a half. Um, it took me all of nine, nine hours and five minutes to do that race. What made it worse was it was one of the years where it was like 95 degrees or 90% humidity or something along that line. So the problem is on there, which is why I don't like doing marathons in the summer, is your body sweats a certain a certain amount, but your body you can also only take in a certain amount. Your body will sweat out more water than you will take in, or than you can take in. So there's eventually, you know, which it goes to one of the running things that the coach will always tell people: hydration, 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 and start early because there will come a point that uh, you will run a deficit, and when you get too far into a deficit, you have a really bad day. Um, to finish that story and to move on to the other part of the question you'd asked, um, is I still remember coming into the finish line and, you know, the, you know, one of the people asked me, Hey, do you need anything like water, Gatorade? I said, how about a medic? And the guy just looked at me and he's like, um, he stopped sweating. Um, oh no, so, oh no. Yeah, so they sat me down and tried getting me cooled off. I'm still sitting there. I'm... You know, a generally semi-sarcastic person, so I'm just sitting there doing sarcastic bits along the way. And I told them, I said, all I need is just get the medics over, I need two IV bags, I'll be fine. Well, you know, they insist on taking me to the hospital. Fast forward four hours, and do you know how many IV bags I had? Two. Two! Yep. <laughs> no, Guys. I'm not. Yep. Um, Chicago was, I did Chicago, which was a lot of fun. The only disappointing part about Chicago is, you know, you, you know, you always hear so much about uh, Wrigley Field and, you know, the Cubs and everything. And that race, 
brings you within a mile of Wrigley, like brings you into Wrigleyville and within a mile of the stadium, but you never once see Wrigley Field. It was like the most disappointing part of that race. It's like when everybody finds out the marathons are 26.2. It's like 26 (laughs) is bad enough, but then you got the point two. It's like, we're going to bring you right up to the field and then just snatch it away. Yep. Um, (laughs) Last summer, um, I got to do a hometown race in, in South Dakota, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, that was fun. And, you know, growing up, you always think, I always thought, oh, the town is really flat. No, it's hilly. And yeah, oh, it was very hilly. And yeah, again, why I hate summer races. But um, the coolest one, though, well, New Orleans was fun, but they don't do the New Orleans Marathon at the moment. So I would actually recommend to a person uh, do the Louisiana Marathon instead. But the coolest one for me was I did the Black Hills Endurance March um, and then did the marathon as part of it on the last day. It was, we did the entire length of the Black Hills of South Dakota. It's 110 miles and I did it over four days. Wow. So it was 32 miles the first day, 28 miles the second day, which puts you into Deadwood. The third day was the only non-marathon distance day at 23 miles. And then the last day you did like a true marathon. I double slotted myself at the marathon. So that was, you know, races 27 and 28, you know, for my overall total, (laughs) Um, you know, having gone the entire length of the Black Hills. The coolest part though was it was right at the same weekend the leaves were turning. So one day the leaves are green. By day three, the leaves are, you know, turning like yellows and oranges and reds. So I mean, you time it was, traveled. Yeah, it was cool. Um, <laughs> Garmin, but um, Garmin was in the land of Oz. Olathe, yeah, Kansas. wanted to do that one. Yes, uh, I highly encourage that for the half marathon, for the full marathon. It's a uh, smaller race, so it's. If you're a slower marathoner, like I'm a six and a half hour marathoner, it's, you know, if you're a five, 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 five and a half hour marathon, it's a wonderful race. If you're a six and a half hour, seven hour marathoner, eh, you might find yourself alone for a while. So friends, this is why when I had my opportunity to join the Half Fanatics, I fell so in love with this particular community because I was new to running at that time. And I was able to learn from so many people who like what we just heard from you. You've been there. You've done that. You've got some really great practical advice. You've got some really wonderful tips as to how to tackle these different races, um, which distances to tackle or which ones are better or worth your time or money. So if you are interested in joining a running community, they can kind of shepherd you through the best practices of tackling these type of endeavors. I definitely, definitely want to recommend that you guys check out Half Fanatics and Marathon Maniacs, and maybe you too will be a double agent um, with your own status and number. And I think tacking for your level, what Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Rainier or all of the different ways to level up. But of (laughs) course it wouldn't be brunch without us talking about food. So Brian, we heard you talk about your hydration a little bit. We know you're a fan of coffee. Welcome, welcome. What we have here, though, is a little rivalry between Coach Shelby and I. She captains Team Savory, so she's... Tell us all about the favorite dishes that you have at your brunch table, Coach Shelby. I'm still pushing the quiche because I feel like it's such an <laughs> underrated brunch option. Even Brian's giving me the look like, eh, I don't know. No, brunch uh, quiches are, like, 
They're like a taco of the brunch world. Like you can just throw anything in there and it's good. Okay, I feel like I'm really losing Brian because if you guys could see the looks he's giving me, he's like, girl, <laughs> you had me until you started talking. So by the way, like I would have gone with like a breakfast burrito over a quiche, but neither here nor there. I captain team sweet. So I'm all about waffles and French toast and maybe some croissants, like almond and chocolate croissants. What team are you hanging out with, Brian? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to side with Coach Christine on this one. Um, yes, but you're also, forget- <laughs> you're also forgetting the scones, um, especially if you can find a really good like chocolate chip scone. Oh, yes. my gosh. You That's- could do a cheddar apple scone. Do I do I get any cr- like you want to come over? Are you sure? I have room. No. No. Oh, like if, you're, if you're gonna do anything over there, Shelby, you should definitely leave it like a candied bacon. Like I'll bring people For the vegetarian. More. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, scones are so good with some really good jams. Oh, I, you're right, Brian. So I'm I've now I'm gonna add that to my to my buffet table list. Again, thank you so very much. We're going to have plenty of ways for people to find the clubs, to find the blog that you put a lot of time, love, and energy into. Really, there's so many great resources on these websites between both Half Fanatics and Marathon Maniacs, just even just the race calendar alone. So definitely check it out if you haven't heard of either. And I cannot stress enough how much fun these groups are. Specifically, I know that some of my best race opportunities and adventures and memories come from my time with Half Fanatics. Thank you again, Brian. And we are excited to bring everybody into that next pace change in three, two, and one. I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room. The common theme is one, this is why runners are not very, you know, savings oriented because we spend all of our money going to races or as we've fondly said, runcations, which I mean, after talking with Brian, how do you not classify that entire endeavor as a runcation? Absolutely. And I think what you guys, we heard also with Patricia and you guys are going to hear with our next guest as well, all about the Rencation, which if you haven't already checked out our Rencation checklist, our Rencation packing checklist, head over to the blog because we do have a little downloadable kit to kind of remind you of all those things that you need before you head out the door. Now, I know that probably the double agents have their own version of their uh, packing checklist, but for the rest of us mere mortals, um, we, this is a great place for you to start off with before you do head out on those runcations. I also love that it's such a great way to get your non-running significant others or family on board. Talk about secret agent there. <laughs> right? It, it's not a run Disney race weekend. It's a trip to Disney or it's not a trip to New York City Marathon, you get to see the Statue of Liberty and maybe the Met Museum. That's right. Isn't that how we're selling it to people? That's how I'm selling it. <laughs> I feel like that works for the, maybe the first like three races. And then after a while, your spouse or significant other is going to look at you and be like, yeah, okay. What else? Like, where are you bearing the lead here? Uh, well, we'll have to see if our next guest maybe can illuminate us a little bit on this topic as well, because friends, we're going to take it into our next endurance block. So this is a great time to shake it out a little bit, do a little shoulder shimmy that I'm doing right here as we get ready to move and groove into our next segment in three, two, and one. Let's groove. All right, everybody, as we pull up another seat to our brunch table, we are welcoming Becky Wesolowski here to our table today. Becky, how are you? 
I am fantastic. Happy New Year, ladies. Happy New Year. We are so excited to have you here. Uh, you stole we, my line. Yeah, well, it's Just true. Saying. We're, we're probably going to say that quite a bit during this episode, but specifically because we had the privilege, the honor to actually coach with you already. Uh, we got the opportunity to share a microphone for Girls on the Run of Central Florida and both Coach Shaw, I think actually we weren't even 100% done recording and Coach Shaw was like, we have to have you on brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I waste no time. I like everything fast. My paces, my car. Coffee, my food, my my question. Let's go, people. Yes. So, friends, while you're rocking and rolling through this endurance segment, we promise you that it's all about finding ways to get some extra joy in the new year with your running goals. And literally, when we talked to Coach Becky here, um, who is a local Girls on the Run coach, all we took away from that conversation was how much joy she has in her expression of running. So Becky, we're not going to keep all of your joy to ourselves. We're going to share it with our folks that are in this long run right here and now. So we want to know a little bit more about you. What got you into running in the first place? Awesome. Well, I I wasn't a runner growing up. This is going to shock you, but I was a cheerleader in high school and I cheered um, through a company, through college and things like that, training um, high school cheerleaders. So running was never my jam. And then I got married and I was like, I need to do something with my life. Like I, cause I really, I hadn't had kids yet and I was working and I was like, I need to find some like fun. So a girlfriend and I had heard about the Disney princess half marathon and we knew nothing about running, but we're like, Oh, princesses, that sounds right up our alley. We should totally just find a training plan and just figure this running thing out. So that's what we did. We like Google Pinterest. We're like, Oh, this will be so much fun. We're going to make outfits. And then we trained and it was like really hard. And then about a month before the big day, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh no, do I still run this race? Or do you know, like I, I, what does my body want to do? So my doctor gave me the okay to just listen to my body. So I went ahead, did the Disney Princess Half Marathon. And then I didn't run again for three years because I continued to have more children. So um, in 2015, I was like, you know what? That was kind of fun, you know, having a goal and kept me focused. So I trained for the OUC half marathon. And after that, I just started setting goals for myself because I was like, hey, I'm trained up. I should kind of like keep this going. So I was like, maybe I should run, you know, 12 half marathons next year in 2016, one a month. But then I couldn't find one in August. And I was like, well, that's not fun to like back the goal up. So then I was like 16 and 16. So I ran 16 half marathons and that kind of started this you know, finding new ways to make it creative and fun for me. And that's kind of what I love the most about running is it is not a one size fits all. You see everybody out there doing their own thing, finding what inspires them, whether it's their speed, whether it's their places, whether it's, you know, just getting out there and challenging themselves and everyone's out there just crushing it. And I love that you can totally make running your own thing. I freaking love the fact that you took your goal on the roll And we're like, all right, plan A didn't work. Like insert plan B. Like that is just, that's the epitome, I think, of what coach Christine and I always say. It's like, it's great to have those goals, but sometimes you have to, you get thrown a curveball. You have to divert the plan a little bit. And it doesn't mean that you're making excuses. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean this or that. It's just like, okay, no, I'm being proactive that I know that this portion's not going to work. So how do I make it fun? Do I keep pushing myself? And 
a little birdie told me, aka my little birdie Christine, said that you have a uh, a 50 state something goal. So I uh, wanna wanna tweet a little bit more about that. Awesome. Well, this kind of started because, you know, being a a mom and a a teacher and a wife, you know, it's hard to find time for you. So I found that running was a good excuse to go places by myself with my friends. So that's kind of how this started was, oh, I started realizing, well, I've collected a few states and I was like, you should do run 50. You know, some, again, everyone has different goals. People are like, oh, it's got to be a marathon or it's got to be a half. I'm like, Hey, if I collected a medal in your state, that's good enough for me. I'll take the 5K. I just want to go. So my goal now is to get myself running in all 50 states. So my only rule is it has to be an official run. So like I've been to Vegas a few times. I've run the strip, but I'm not counting that. I need to take some metal, some bling home with me. So um, yeah, that's what I'm working on. And I currently hit my 16th state um, in Arizona this past November. So it was really fun. Last year I collected eight states and then I looked at my bank account and I was like, man, I might have to slow that down this year, but it has been <laughs> so fun. And I swear, I don't even think my husband knows what's going on. He's like, I just keep telling him it's on the calendar. He doesn't know what this calendar is I speak of, but every time I say I'm going on a trip, I just say it's on the calendar. And he just looks confused like he's supposed to know what's going on and then we drop it. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> So you've got practical tips along with everything else here in this conversation, friends. So maybe if your significant other is feeling a little clueless, go ahead and just say it's on the calendar. I mean, I'm going to use that from this point forward for sure. Right. Like, like it's your fault. We don't know what's going on. It was on the calendar. <laughs> That's 100% why I use a dry erase board, because on a regular paper calendar, calendar, you can either see the eraser marks or you have to like you know, do that pen thing to where you're trying to hide what you said or what yep. you wrote down. So I have a dry erase to where it's like, oh, my elbow smudged this. Let me really erase it and rewrite it. No, I totally don't do that, honey, at all. Okay, so obviously you're not sharing this episode with your other half, nope. but... <laughs> gonna blacklist this one. Yep, absolutely. Now, Becky, I want to take it back a little bit more because, okay, super exciting to jump into running because I, I too, can hear the sway of Princess and all of the sparkles. Girl, you are speaking my love language there. But are you telling us that basically your first race out of the gate was a half marathon? Or did you have other races during your training season? Right. I picked up some races during the training season. I'd done a couple 5Ks. I don't know that I had actually done a 10K until I was doing the training. And that's kind of what sparked it. These little 5Ks where you're like, ooh, like that was hard because I'm not doing this regularly or consistently or really knowing the mechanics of it. I was just going out and doing it. And then you're like, okay, people do more than this, but they learn the right ways to do it. So I think that's kind of what sparked it was like that that accomplishment feel when you cross the finish line, the getting the bling and being like, man, that was hard, but I did it. And so that's what kind of spurred us to go, well, maybe we could do that princess one. That sounds fun. (laughs) I like how I didn't even pick up on that. I was just like, my whole brain after she said she was pregnant during it, I'm like, oh my God, no. Like just like that's (laughs) that's the thing. I want to talk about that as well, because you took a little bit of a hiatus, clearly, because, you know, being pregnant, raising yeah. children, having newborns is, is going to impact how you can get out for your runs. And you said that you came back to it because you missed it. You had that alone time that was kind of calling to you. Tell us more about if you can, if you feel comfortable talking about it. Do you was it hard to come back for it or did you feel like it was like an old long lost friend? Well, you know, because I hadn't been so 
deep into running that first time because it was just a, we're going to do this. It, it was hard to come back. I don't think that it was necessarily calling me until I, you know, I started working out and working on losing that baby weight. And that's when I realized I wanted a goal after my second kiddo. So that's when I really started doing that OUC and then setting the goals. And that's when I really found my love of it. And since then I have had a third child. So, you know, I did, so I did princess again, pregnant. I know, right? Like I didn't learn the first time this time it was more planned. Um, I ran a couple Ragnars while I was pregnant. So that was kind of fun. So I had learned so much more about my body and learned about, you know, I had years of running under my belt at that time that it made it easier for me to find that mental toughness to know what I could and couldn't handle. You know, there is no shame in walking. Like you said, changing the goal on the fly. I've got no problem changing the goal on the fly. That's that's something I can absolutely do. But um, I started run streaking back in 2017. It was like a, a runner's world, like summer challenge. I think it was from the 4th of July or no Memorial Day to the 4th of July. So 99 days, see if you can run a mile a day. Did that. And I was like, well, that was kind of fun. Well, then I started hanging on to it and going longer. So, but when I got pregnant, I was like, this isn't going to work. So again, I had to stop it. I made it to like 640 days and I was like, nope, got to give it up. But then people knew me for that. So the minute I had had this baby, people were like, are you going to start running again? Are you going to run sick again? So I got cleared. And the next day I went out and ran a mile and it was so, so hard. But I felt like people expected of that of me. So I went ahead and started run streaking and I made it 50 days. And I said, you know what? This is not fun. My body is not ready for this. My mentally, I'm not ready for this. I'm a nursing mom. So I called it quits on my own. And I said, I was doing it because it was fun. And when it's not fun and it doesn't bring me that joy, then it's not for me. So I went ahead and stopped. And I did later find time. It was in the middle of COVID first week back to school in August and things were a little grim in the education world during that time. So I needed to find something for me. And I went out on a Wednesday night and ran a mile. And then the next day I went out and it wasn't intentional to be like, I'm going to start a run streak. And next thing you know, here I am. Today will be uh, day 874. So I have been running um, for 874 days straight, at least a mile a day every day. Okay, I'm going to drop a minor curse word. Damn. <laughs> Thanks. And if you like, what are your goals? And I'm like, you know, when it's not, I'm thinking that I, I want to go out on my terms. So when I, again, when it's not fun for me anymore, when I feel like I've put too much pressure on myself, if I were to get injured, but I mean, I've had to run through some stuff, right? We've had COVID, we've had hurricanes, we've had, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I don't know on a treadmill. So I'm out there in thunderstorms and doing all kinds of crazy things, but I try to play it safe, but it, it definitely adds to that journey and that, that experience and what I'm made of, because I'm like, really, I couldn't find 10 minutes today to get out there and get a mile in. I can go do that. I got 10 minutes for me. And that's kind of, I do, not that I bully myself into it, but I encourage myself to do it because I'm like, you owe yourself 10 minutes. Go get it, girl. Oh my God. There's so much here that I want to unpack from the fact that you <laughs> literally talked, because I can't tell you how many times I talk to my athletes where a lot of us look externally for motivation. And that's great. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm all about the bling, but you have to find your unique way of loving whatever it is that you're choosing to do, or you're just not going to be able to stick with it. I love that you gave yourself permission to step away from this goal and then came back mm -hmm. at it when it was something that called more to you. 
So much is incredible here. Not to mention the fact that you go out there and run in hurricanes because I have been known to do that just once or twice too. So we're not advocating friends to do that by any means. We're just simply stating that, you know, sometimes you have to figure out where to coach yourself through some of those excuses that come up and other times encourage yourself. And then also when to nurture yourself because it sounds like there are times where you have to know like this is a day that I need to step away from this and whatever the the case may be so I love that I also want to mention real quick we are talking to an Orange County Public School Board Education Specialist winner (laughs) of the year here so thank you Becky for what you do with the educational system it is so uh, we we have such high respect for for your contributions, um, not just as a girls on the run coach, but also to all of the students that interact with you. Friends, can you tell why we were so excited to have her here? I mean, like, I literally <laughs> want to stop the interview and go for a run right this very instant. So you've done all of these incredible fun things. Do you have a takeaway of maybe a top couple of memories? Like, hmm, you know, that's it's so a very tough question because I feel like I'm a person that likes to try new things. So there are like a few local races that I will commit to every year. I'm always at the reindeer run. I'm always at the lady track shack 5k things that are near and dear to my heart that are local. But in the grand scheme of things, I like new things. So like, I'm like, I'll try anything once. And in some of these races, I'm like, yeah, that was definitely a one and done. Um, I know the Mount Dora half marathon is beautiful, but man, the year I ran it, it was so hot. I was like, bye Mount Dora. I won't see you again. And then I was like, I don't like hills. Why did I run a place where there was like a mountain in the word? So my <laughs> overall though has been like Ragnars. I'm not sure if you ladies are familiar with this, but these are these 12 person relays where you basically leapfrog in vans or on trails and you do about 200-ish miles. And uh, those are really what have sparked my my joy. I have met so many wonderful people. I've been to so many great places. Um, it started back in 2017. I did a Ragnar where we ran from Madison, Wisconsin to Chicago, Illinois. And I knew one person out of the 12. And I, I made new friends. And it was just like, ooh, that was fun. Where can we go next? So then it was Chattanooga to Nashville. And we've done New England. And we've done... Um, we ran it through Niagara Falls and we've just done so many cool things and it's sometimes the same few people, but we always are bringing new people in and you just kind of find that those are the people that click with you. And as much as running can be a solo thing for me, running still is about building relationships and, you know, being Becky instead of being Mrs. Wesso, being mom, being all those other things. So that is kind of the me time when I don't have to wear those other hats. Oh, I feel I feel like you and I are kindred spirits. I actually think I had wrote about this at one point and saying like running's the one time, like my personal running where I don't have to be something to somebody. And even though we can get in our head about paces sometimes, we're all human. It's one of those things to where my running doesn't expect anything from me other than mm-hmm. just to go and move. It doesn't expect me to have dinner ready. It doesn't expect me to remember that there was an appointment that I was supposed to go to three days ago that still to this day, not sure why it happened on my calendar. So I really, (laughs) I like that. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, just the elbows going on the dry erase board. Um, But I really like that. And I think that resonates with a lot of the runners who are listening right now because we do wear so many hats. And obviously we've given your, your abbreviated version of your resume but there's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot of hats to wear. I mean, I do love though that 
you took the 50 state challenge and again made it your own to where it's like you're not setting a distance that you have to hit but it does lead me to one of the questions that i feel like all of us runners hate but we all tend to ask each other okay do you have a favorite distance I would have to say the half marathon. It, it, at first it was just so hard, but now I, be, I think because I've done it frequently enough and I've kind of kept myself at that maintenance that it's still hard enough that I enjoy it. But I, I you, you know that I recently did a marathon. I was at, I did New York marathon back in November and it was tough, you know, and again, that's one of those ones where you had to change the goal on the fly. I was really hoping to finish in five hours and it was not the weather I was expecting. It was much warmer, much humid. I was really thinking November sounds Christmassy, sounds like 50s, maybe the 40s. I was thinking I might freeze. Nope, I was sweating. So um, it, that one was tough. I, I'm going to rise to that challenge. I, I'm going to take on the Berlin half mar uh, full marathon in September. So I'm going to give it another go. But I don't really think that that's going to be my jam uh, as far as the mileage. So, but I'm, I'm willing to give it another go, you know, and again, trying it somewhere else. Cause again, willing to try anything once. So it's good. But half marathon tends to be where I, I find my, my happy place. I'm always surprised that that's always the most popular. I don't know why, but it's the perfect it distance. Always, I think everybody goes from, I, I feel like everybody goes from like a 5k right to the marathon. I feel like the 10k gets no love. Like, no one loves a poor little 10K. I think the 10K is competitive. It's another hard one. 5Ks and 10Ks are hard because usually you're out there, like, like racing the clock. With the half marathon, it's like, huh, like, I'll get there. But, you know, I'll enjoy myself along the way. I don't know. 10K feels more competitive to me for sure. I remember, like, the 5Ks and 10Ks for me have always been a bit more of a struggle. Um, Becky, I'd love to know, how do you do it? How do you convince yourself to get out of there? You said that sometimes you, you 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 kind of, you don't bully yourself, but you encourage yourself. How do you, like, if we're struggling right now in the middle of a run, what do you say to yourself? How do you get yourself laced up? Tell us a little bit more about that inner dialogue that helps you stay consistent. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it too, it, it does come from all the other hats I wear too, because you, you start to feel like you do kind of lose that Becky piece. But at the same time, I know that I am, you know, my three boys are watching what I do. You know, my my kids, my girls on the run, they're watching what I do. They they see those things too. So, you know, wanting to set a good example and being able to show them that, you know, mental toughness and, and just physical fit and those kind of things. Um, a lot. I do a lot of my running at night because I am not a morning person. I do like to sleep in. Mornings are a struggle. But I find that the nighttime was my me time anyway. So it's a lot easier for me to get kids in bed and then head out the door and not feel like, again, that somebody's waiting on me for dinner or somebody that I'm missing a chunk of my day. Because people will be like, I got three kids. How do you do this? It, I, for me, nighttime works for me. And I know that there are some early risers that find the 4 a.m. and they go for it. But for me, that's my time. And I don't have to be back by a settled time. My husband can go to bed. He's fine. I, you know, I wear the safety gear. I stay in my neighborhood that's well lit. Half the people out there know me as Mrs. Wesso if they were to walk outside for their dog anyway. So I feel very safe. I try to be smart about it. But for me then, it's there's really um, no reason why I can't go out there and find at least 10 minutes for myself. Sometimes I'm out doing 5Ks, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night. And I've, it's it's what works for me. And I again, I think that's one of those things that I love so much about running is that you can find a way to make it work for you. That's what it's all about. Because some people be like, I would never do that. 
But then you see people get all jazzed about like, ooh, Disney's gonna do a night run. And I was like, yeah, I've been training for this my whole life. You know, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so you're with Christine with the early morning Disney wake-ups. You're like, uh, can we not? Can I, again, I, I always say fast pass because that'll forever be associated with Disney and me. But can I fast pass to where like, we make these races just a little bit later. I'm not looking forward to that portion. Even though I'm not like an anti-morning person, still, I don't actively choose to get up and go in the morning. I love mornings. I just don't love getting laced up and going out there at four o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's the thing with these Ragnars that I run too. You know, they're, they're continuous 24 hours until you get to, um, or you know, 36 hours till you get there. So there's always that middle of the night run where I'm like, you've been training for this, but maybe not quite at 2.30 in the morning. I'm always sitting out there drinking my pre-workout, like with this grim look on my face and like shaking my head like I'm not ready to go. But then, you know, get out there and you're just like, it's a whole other world out here in the middle of the night when things are quiet and the lights are off and the stars are shining and the moon is bright. Like it, there's just something magical about night for me. So I, I enjoy it. <laughs> so now I have to ask, because this wasn't planned, but a this or that. A sweaty Ragnar van with 12 okay. other people or a sweaty van with your three boys. Because I feel like those two could really rally each other. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm going to take the Ragnar van. Don't tell my children. Because, listen, I, as a teacher, you know, I've got that, that, that wonderful, wonderful blessing of having the whole summer off. So I ride with my three kids up to Michigan every summer. I do it. It's not as fun as being in the Ragnar van. So I'll take all the smells to have all the laughs. And you know, like at least the people in the Ragnar van can get their own snacks, right? Like I'm not constantly passing them snacks. So yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes they're really counting on you for those snacks too. I love too though, Becky, one of the big takeaways that I have here from you is your sense of adventure when it comes to tackling these goals. So what I'm hearing is kind of a year of yes. So friends, as you're rolling through this long run, maybe you're thinking through what is it that I want for this year? Or maybe you've already decided on a goal, but it didn't make you as excited as you hear Becky is excited about her goals. So you're, you're reconsidering it. I think what we're hearing though, as the biggest commonality of all of these things that you've tackled is that you said yes experiences that were maybe a little challenging, maybe a little foreign, but you were willing to put yourself out there in that situation to see if you even liked it or not. Um, so I love that. And I, for the record, I too love Ragnar, which it defies my brain that I like it because I hate camping. I like to shower about three times a day if it's up to me. Um, I don't want to be in a van full of sweaty, stinky runners. I like changing after I'm done with my... But all of it, for whatever reason, it just works. And it works the fact that you get to go out with other people and they could be strangers. And by the end, you have lifelong relationships and friendships that are made. Absolutely. So... Where we continue going with this, friends, as you're rocking and rolling here. Now, Becky, I know you're in your endurance block. Becky, you, you shared some great form tips with the girls. What are your favorite form tips for people that kind of maybe need to do a little head-to-toe check-in again? Yes. I, you know, I'm big on my head alignment because sometimes I feel the running in my shoulders and arms. And I'm like, shouldn't my legs be feeling this? But I notice a lot of times... You, you just start to get in your zone. You might be staring down at your feet. Your feet know where to go. You should be looking ahead of you so that you see what's up ahead, but keeping yourself in good alignment. Release those shoulders down. They don't need to be up in your ears, crunched up. Your arms should be 
flowing naturally at your sides with, um, we, I like to say the potato chips. So your hands should be loose. There should be nothing that's really tight. So if picture holding, you know, a couple of handfuls of potato chips, um, you know, probably not the best snack while you're out there running, but definitely will get your body in the right form. And then, you know, do the pelvis tip, you know, thinking about getting it tipped so that you're not super leaned in either direction and keeping your legs under you. So hopefully those posture tips will keep you uh, feeling good. Because I know sometimes when you start thinking about things, a lot of times running by myself at night is a review of the day or it's thinking about upcoming um, issues, you know, at work and things like that. And you can start to get tensed when you're trying to work through that in your brain. And you have to kind of refocus. And sometimes I realize when I take that, good breath and you kind of realign you're like oh I still got this I'm ready to go because sometimes you get more sore because you just realize that your form has gotten sloppy so keeping yourself in good form is going to get you powered through for the longer run I do that with my eyebrows even as you were talking I realized like I was furrowing my brow I'm like oh wait like relax your face it's fine it's not that serious <laughs> well, I don't know. She is talking about potato chips. That is pretty serious to me. So, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and ask you a few questions about that, actually. So here at brunch, we have a big battle between Coach Shelby and I. I don't know if it's a big battle, but it is. We like to make a it bit. a big battle because, I mean, we're runners. We all, we all have that we little, have a little competitive, competitive streak. streak. And uh, to be honest, Coach Shelby has definitely pulled ahead in this particular category about 300 days out of the year. <laughs> So she, she's a team captain of Team Savory for Brunch Foods, all about those omelets and bagel sandwiches is how she lures other people to her table. And I captain Team Sweet, so I'm all about pancakes, waffles, croissants, almond croissants speak to my heart, or chocolate croissants. If you have to sit at one brunch table, which one would you go to? Like, which what kind of brunch foods call to you the most? It's interesting you should ask because I'm about to head out with a girlfriend that's in town down to do a 5K at Lake Yola. And then we're going to head over to the Lake Yola Wine Company where I'm going to sit down, have a little bubbly, and a quiche because quiche is delicious. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I, I usually make a quiche and have a little, like a piece of it each day. But today I had a bagel sandwich. So I hope you enjoy your darn quiche because they are fantabulous. But I mean, you yeah. can still get a chocolate croissant after because they are really good too. Right. You, I feel like after a meal, I always want a little something sweet after. But the meal itself, you know, it's, it's I'm with the quiche. <laughs> I love how you guys are trying to give me a consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. Like, Christine, you're still coming to brunch, but we're going to enjoy that croissant with you after. I'll share, a, I'll share a glass of bubbly with you for sure. Now, a couple of other questions that we have here with brunch and all those food related things is what do you usually eat afterwards? Like after a long run. So for our friends that are rocking and rolling through this and they're looking forward to maybe their own celebration with brunch afterwards, what kind of recovery food do you tend to gravitate toward? I'm usually, you know, like, this is so funny because everyone says that it's so much work for a free banana, but banana is my jam after a run. I am the run right over there, get my bling and then take my banana. And that's, we keep those in the house. That is easy for me. It's usually in the car with me in case, you know, like, heaven forbid they run out of bananas. Like I couldn't do it without, but then I'm also a big fan of a tall ice cold glass of chocolate milk and we keep that in the house as well just because after a long run in the evening sometimes I, it's not a, a you know a ton it's not like i'm sitting there chugging milk but it just something about it getting your muscle recovery started it feels so good because typically when you think you're hot you don't go hmm dairy but really the chocolate milk <laughs> it just seems to work <laughs> 
I love this though, because it gives people ideas of different things to try for sure. Because I know that it had been a long time actually, since I had had chocolate milk as a recovery until we met and chatted with you before on this. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, I remember that. And I love those actually. So ice cold chocolate milk is always pretty delicious. I'm a big fan of the banana as well. Now, coach Becky, we love ourselves coffee here at brunch. I mean, clearly it's all about That's really what the whole purpose of this podcast is about, is we could talk about our love of coffee. Do you drink coffee? And if you do, how do you usually take it? Oh, you are going to laugh. You know, I'm I'm 5'1", and I don't want to stunt my growth anymore. So I am not a coffee drinker. I am big into my pre-workout, getting that caffeine. Like, my friends laugh at me because I'm like, when the tingle starts in my fingers and lips, I know I'm ready to run. And they're like, maybe you're having too much pre-workout. But I was like, y'all have your coffee, and I don't judge you. Like, let me be. (laughs) So not a coffee drinker, but, you know, it will do a nice hot chocolate when you're on those, like, three cold days that we get in December that already passed. So I had my hot chocolate for the year. Literally, we had three hot, cold days, probably for the entire winter season. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. And I'm like, I man, I'm 5'1". Yeah. Maybe I should stop drinking coffee. I'm like, now nah, I'm fine being sure. I'll get a step stool. Right? <laughs> like, I keep thinking I might still grow, but they're like, yeah, yeah it's past that point for you. <laughs> Drink the coffee. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Well, Becky, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Friends, you still have some a couple more endurance blocks to go. So keep rocking and rolling. Hopefully you have an extra pep in your step here as you got this extra dose of inspiration from Becky. Um, before we let you go, do you have a mantra that you take into your new year or a focus word or a power word or intention word? Mm, you know, I like the word bloom. And I think it's important because... You know, I, um, okay, I'm like trying to like not get too philosophical here, but I, the, the, you know, bloom where you're planted, okay? Like, I, you have your life that's, you know, for the most part, pretty set. I've got my job, I've got my home, I've got things. So those things are set. So therefore, what I decide to do is I have to bloom where I'm planted, figure out how to make myself the best version of me by taking my surroundings and working with it. So bloom is gonna be my word for the year. Oh, I love that. Well, friends, we're going to give you that opportunity to bloom with a pace change here in three, two, and one. I just love Becky. Like, seriously, I could go have brunch with her. I'm seriously a little jealous that she's going to have brunch after that interview. But alas, she's on my team, Savory, and I can allow. Okay, okay. I know. I feel like I am not, I'm going to be the losing team for like, three quarters of this year, but that is okay, friends, because ultimately what it's all about is whether you're winning, you're losing, you are enjoying yourself along the way. As we heard from Becky, she definitely tackles her goals in a way that's meaningful for her, has a little bit of a stretch goal in all of her goals. I mean, a run streak, that's definitely no joke, but still allows her to really have that sense of joy in every step that she takes, or at least a majority of them that she's willing to tell us anyway. And also what I love about Becky is her sense of community because our next guest, that's actually exactly how it all came to be, was just an individual thinking, I really wish that I could have more people around whenever I go tackle some of the fun things that I have in my life. So hearing him say that basically what he's, what he has as his biggest takeaway is like, if you're missing it, if you know that you need it, just go make it happen. And it's so exciting. So from all of the guests that we've had today, it's so inspiring to hear people tackle different aspects of finding ways to like really connect with both who they are, who they want to be, 
and with others around them. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that really is the the common takeaway between all of these guests, our next guest included, is find your people, find your group, find your community. And if there isn't one, well, take a page out of these all's books and create one. Or join ours because we have it oh, right there. It. <laughs> we, we have our Facebook group community page open for all of you. But for here and now, let's go ahead and welcome on in the very next Endurance Block and guest. Let's do it, friends, in three two and one. All right, friends, as you pull back up into your next endurance block, let's get ready. We are going to welcome one of my favorite people because it is officially one of the running clubs that I have deemed the happiest place on the internet. Friends, welcome on in Skip. Thanks for letting me uh, be part of your brunch. Again, welcome on Inskip. We are so excited to have you here because I can't really think of brunch without thinking of a little D3 magic. And for our friends that are rocking and rolling through this long brunch who maybe aren't familiar with D3 or the Day Drinkers Running Club, can you share a little bit about it with us? I think you started back in October of 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, we started almost about a year ago, a little longer than that. And you know, it, it's been exciting. I mean, I, I, it, you know, originally it was, you know, I would go to Disney and, uh, you know, I didn't really know a lot of people, you know, uh, I was a big Disney fan and, uh, you know, kind of started around COVID when, um, you know, uh, Disney was finally opening back up. And so the exciting part was, uh, you know, let me start a club to, to invent friends <laughs> and, uh, you know, at first we had three friends, and then there was 20, and then there was 400. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. We got to do a bar crawl. And so I think about at 400 people, we did the bar, uh, our first bar crawl. It was it was a disaster. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, I, I didn't have an itinerary planned, and uh, so we were hitting on the places. We got, you know, people wanted to go get drinks, and we got lost each other, and so... Uh, we found each other at uh, the trash can in front of Rosen Crown, and I said, "This should be our, our club mascot." And uh, Benny is what we call it now. And now it's turned out to be this phenomenon where, and, and one of the things I, I loved about the trash can was the trash can will always be there, and it'll be a hidden secret of this is our official mascot, and it's turned out to be very uh, uh, popular. The other part is is also if you've been to any of the festivals, there's no tables, so people use trash cans. And so I thought, well, this would be perfect for that. But it's been so much fun. We got 52,000 members, as you said. It's it's mind-blowing because in, le- in literally a span of just over a year, you guys ballooned up to such a large group of people. But again, what I, my big takeaway is that it's such an incredibly positive place. And it's where I think people have connected to make friends. There's always shout outs going on of, hey, I'm going to Disney. Does anybody want to meet up? And it's just a shared love. There's also um, one of my favorite aspects of it is that there's such a huge respect for all of the wonderful cast members and bartenders and servers that make it possible for us to be at Disney. So I know that that's that's very important to you. And you kind of have started something to applaud and, and, and highlight some of the incredible bartenders. Do you want to tell us a bit about that as well? Yeah, we do a bartender of the month competition, and uh, you know it's a great way to highlight uh, our favorite bartenders. You know, it's 
it's it's interesting because you know you can go to any bar in your hometown and uh, you'll find a great bartender. Uh, but you know, at Disney, it's usually an extra special element to it. Uh, a good example was Chris from Space Two Twenty, who uh, every time someone orders a drink, he has a kind of a speech and he and he goes into the depth of how he created the drink or, or you know or how uh, Space Two Twenty created the drink and what it means. And he does that pretty much with everybody that comes in. And it's that little Disney magic that, you know, that happens. It, it makes it special. We all, you know, most people are on vacation when they're there and uh, everybody's in, usually in a good mood. And it really helps whenever you have a bartender that really gets it like he does. And, uh, and, and it adds to the excitement. He doesn't just hand you a beer. You can have a beer anywhere. But, uh, you know, there's a story behind it. And there's a lot of other bartenders that have that same type of attitude and the same type of uh, spirit and we also we always want to recognize those people that go above and beyond and, and make it even more extra special uh, i love that i love that because i feel like especially during covid so many of the cast members had let's just say maybe more challenging times of having to figure out how to still bring in that magic but being very respectful of guidelines that are set forth so what a, what a great way to highlight that. Um, and of course, as I said, I just love the community that you have created because everyone is so respectful and responsible. And I kind of feel like um, Disney Day Drinkers, I actually just saw one on the course the other day at my hometown race. And we got to chit chat for a while while we were running through. And that brings us to the next thing, because now yeah. you have the Club D3 running team. So can you tell us a little bit about why did you decide to to branch off and create the Club D3 running team? Yeah, well, um, as, as you probably know, uh, running is fun. I love to run. And, uh, you know, I ran track and cross country in, in high school and in college. And, uh, you know, I've always been a runner. Although you, you, if you look at me, you say, hey, this guy's definitely not a runner because <laughs> I put on some pounds. But um, one of the things that I've always loved about road races is the, you know, hanging out after and especially now that everybody gets a medal i mean when i started when i was younger they didn't not, not everybody got a medal you just finished the race <laughs> so, but now everybody gets a medal and it's something to celebrate i mean it's it's something to celebrate with friends and and it also helps um you know uh get through those uh you know challenging uh pr preparation times of training and so forth to have a great reward like you know hey we've accomplished something together especially when you're doing a marathon or something like that and so, uh, yeah, and so, it's. It, I knew that uh, we have a lot of runners in the club, and I thought it would be great for all of us to train and and uh, to, especially for the Disney events to have something afterwards where we can all just gather together, uh, something special just for the runners uh, that you can do with your medals and uh, uh, and so forth. And I noticed that also Disney doesn't really offer a whole lot to uh, the after events. So I thought, well, well, let's create our own. And so that's why we developed the hospitality suite uh, for the running club uh, for Marathon Weekend. And we'd like to do that for all of our uh, all of the Disney races to have something where the members can come hang out, grab a banana, uh, uh, grab a drink, uh, fireball shot if you wish. Uh, and especially afterwards too. So a great, a, a great meeting point uh, for all of us to hang out. and. So we've done that for this and also just, uh, um, you know, to do some other events such as, uh, you know, the training and, and, and really just get into the spirit of, you know, running Disney. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got some great uh, 
moderators for that page. You know, Matthew's doing a great job. He's also the guy that makes our challenge coins and, and pins and stuff. Um, uh, Charlotte, who is uh, her, she is a kind of she was one of the first runners that would be famous for wearing costumes and road races. You know, she started doing it before it became really popular, especially for the non-Disney runs. And uh, she's done over a hundred marathons, and she, so she, she's you know she's she's big into the running community. And uh, Sarah also is uh, one of our great moderators. So I, I'm really proud of our, our running uh, moderators because uh, you know they they love the spirit of, of running and uh, Disney, and and of course having that fantastic beverage after you finish. You should have seen my face when I discovered that you guys had started the Disney Day Drinkers Running Club because to me it was like uh, it, my mind was blown. I didn't know it was possible to have all of these beautiful things that I love. I love day drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love Disney. Yeah, and then go. running. And I was like, what? It's all in one place. And again, such an incredibly encouraging. I mean, I, I personally am partial to the running community. I think that it's an incredibly encouraging place to start off with. But then because it's an offshoot of a place that you have already kind of uh, laid the foundation of encouraging and motivating and connection. And I think that just is one of the things that I have taken away that I love of your Facebook groups. And friends, if you're rolling through and you're thinking, I want in on this action, don't worry. All of this is in episode notes. We're going to make sure you have all of the links to the website. You can meet Benny. You can um, start thinking about your next photo shoot with Benny because that's, I think, now the most official place to get your photo taken in Epcot. (laughs) There should should be a photo pass guy there. Well, there there likely will be. Let's, (laughs) I mean, it's only been a year. Give it a little bit more time. Yeah, I know. Right, right. So you've got some great things going on. You have some wonderful ways of supporting the community. You touched a little on the events that you're also bringing to with like the hospitality suite and between both of the the groups and the clubs, I feel like you you have something going on constantly. Is the best way for people to stay looped in through your Facebook group page or do they sign up for a newsletter as well? You know, we're we're definitely wanting to to do uh, newsletters. Right now we do have a blog that we uh, have. Um, one of the things that I'd love to start doing is, um, you know, whenever we do our, uh, when we sell our merchandise, like our, our, our team shirts and stuff like that, I want to start picking, you know, people that are doing team and training and things like that and use some of the proceeds to donate towards uh, some of those uh, type of uh, charities, uh, especially more geared towards running. And that would be for the running team. Um, you know, for the main group, we, we do uh, Give Kids the World Village. Right. Uh, they facilitate the uh, Make-A-Wish kids that come to Disney, and <clears throat> that's been really helpful. And uh, you know, characters like Yeehaw Bob, who uh, performs uh, at uh, at one of the resorts, he performs for the kids on a weekly basis, uh, which I think is, is is fantastic. And we want to support things like that. I mean, there's a lot of giving back that we tr- with, that we try to do, and uh, you know, but you know. Runners, as you, as you just mentioned, you're you're putting notes and so that runners seem to be very efficient people. <laughs> they're they're very proactive and uh, they do a great job. And that, that's one of the exciting things. And that's what I love about the spirit because we, we're very high energy people. And uh, uh, there there are two types of runners that run uh, in our in our group, our club. There are ones that enjoy a drink after the race, and there's some that enjoy drinks during the race. <laughs> So, to matter. Can I be both? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. 
maybe we should start. We should set up a fireball station. Uh, maybe uh, at mile twenty. You tell me what time you want me to be there to man that station, and I'm happy to bring my <laughs> to bring a little bit of extra sparkle and, and cheer folks on. I love cheering during marathon weekend. It's one of my favorite things to do. So um, let's let's see if we can make that happen. Of course. Now, friend, I know you also have for folks that maybe aren't in Orlando or maybe not annual pass holders, but they still want in on some of this magical um, community fun. You also have a cruise coming. Is this an annual cruise that you've started as well? Yeah, we've got two cruises set up, one in uh, March and also one in June. Uh, You know, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember the actual cruise ship's names, but um, I know one's Royal Caribbean. And I'm not sure what the other one is. We, we, we chose these instead of people say, why aren't you doing Disney cruises? Mm-hmm. And it's one for one simple reason. They don't have cruise. They don't have drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I think it's more important for, you know, um, for all of us to get together. And of course, you know, it would be more cost effective, especially with this crew to have an open bar package. So. Uh, it's going to be fun, and plus, you know, I one one of the things I'm very self conscious about, and I, I think I shared it with you before the podcast was, you know, I want to make sure that uh, you know not only do we have love to drink in moderation and have a good time, but also I don't want uh, you know to be you know crazy. I don't want us to get too crazy uh, because it is you know it's 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 Disney. It's a family park, and uh, the cruise ship I think is. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of kids on the cruise ships, so you know, I, I think I think it's better suited for us. Uh, you know, that way we don't have to be as as mindful of that. Uh, and and you know, I, I'm very uh, you know you know I'm, I'm very attuned to making sure that uh, we have a very positive group, but also that we're very respectful as well. And we encourage you know other people that are in the parks that are not members of our club to to be re- you know to be respectful that you are. At Disney. Absolutely. I mean, for a myriad of reasons, for, like you said, it is at the end of the day, it's a time and place and it's, it is a a family establishment and we want to make sure that we're setting a good example, but also because we don't want um, a a few bad apples to spoil the fun. No, right, 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 yeah. Let's make sure we we can keep this going. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we do bar crawls and things like that, especially, and then you were mentioning some people don't have the annual passes. We, we, we do them at the resort sometimes or at Disney Springs, where which are open to the public. You don't have to have a ticket to get in there. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we've had to we've had to cut some people off and say, hey, listen, uh, don't serve this guy or, or uh, you know, or we'll have to pull him aside or something like that saying, hey, because, uh, you know, we, we want, you know, we want it to be fun. And fun for everyone, and not just for the members, but also for the other guests that are in the parks too. So, I think it's important for, for and, and and I will say that to you, it's it's very very rare that uh, we ever have to uh, to deal with that or see that. Um, you know, so I, 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 I we're very lucky, and also you're talking about the positivity of the group. Very rare that we have to uh, you know focus on that as well because everyone kind of gets it. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's the biggest takeaway, especially during the pandemic, um, where I think a lot of people, let's be honest, there has been some changes from prior to what we may have experienced at the parks or running. And in every capacity, our lives have, have changed in one way or shape or the other. And there takes in a bit of an adjustment period. But that's something that what I found within the um, 
group pages that you have is that most people understand, hey, these changes may be here to stay or they are here what they are, what they are right now. Let's just still make it what it, you know, make as best as we can in the situation, show our appreciation and uh, for others. And I love like there's a common reoccurring theme in, in all the things that you said was it's almost like if it doesn't exist, let's just make it happen. So you said like you were coming to Disney and you wanted more friends. So you joined, you know, you got this club together. It's grown to now you have over 52,000 friends, let's <laughs> say. Um, you, you wanted to make the the bar crawls happen. You just, you you have that sense of let, if it doesn't exist, and I know that it, some, there's a need or a want out there. So now what you were basically saying is let's just protect it by by being mindful, being respectful, and of course, having as much fun um, responsibly as possible as we're out there. And of course, there's always those great opportunities, those photo op opportunities as well. So we want to keep, right, keep right. those rolling through to, to make people smile when they're maybe not at Disney. Yeah, absolutely. And you, 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 you're 100% uh, right about that, you know. You know, a lot of the with the changes and things like that. There's nothing I can do about the changes. You know, they're going to happen regardless. You know, and sometimes it's business decisions. Sometimes it's just logistics, or maybe it's a staffing shortage. There's all kinds of, of, of reasons for it. There's nothing that we can do to change it. We have to just roll with it and, and make the best of it. And um, you know, that's why we try to keep that that element out of it because it's you know let's let's talk about the positive things that are happening in the park. Let's talk about the positive things that. Uh, that uh, you know, it, it is a happy place, and you know it's my happy place, just like it's probably yours as well. And uh, I want to keep it happy. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then along those lines, let's get back to. And I know you already touched on this, but I want to. I just kind of want to point out and reiterate it that you have this phenomenal merch, which I love because it was again running my local hometown half marathon on the course, just kind of enjoying myself and getting to see that there was another D3 running club member out there and immediately having that, being able to talk about conversation, what's coming up, are you going oh, sure. to the upcoming events? So we're going to include that also in in the um, episode notes and show notes for people to check out. But I love, like you said, that it's giving back because a portion of your merch sales does go to Give Kids the World. So it's, it's a way of still really making a positive contribution and treating ourselves a little bit to having some extra fun because you've got some great shirts from either just the original D3 or the new running club. Um, the coins are so incredibly special. I mean, they're just awesome. And for anybody who has ever considered drinking around the world, I think getting that D3 challenge coin is a must um, to commemorate. That's been so popular. I, you know, when Matthew approached me with it, uh, you know, I didn't know that much about challenge coins. And, uh, and I, and I didn't realize that uh, it, it was a drinking game. <laughs> so, as well as, as if you're in the military, it's also an honor to receive one uh, from a friend. But um, uh, it's, 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 uh, I've had to buy some drinks because I didn't have my challenge coin with me. So uh, I've decided that I will always keep my challenge coin with me. And you are always welcome to challenge me. If you see me in the parks or on property, because you will have your challenge because you're ready. (laughs) Don't challenge me at the grocery store. Uh, But it's uh, you know it's 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 you know and and the way it works. uh, Just for some of your listeners that may not know, a challenge coin is a military thing where you know uh, you're they're given to each other as an honor, uh, and people collect them. There's different kinds, but also they use it uh, when they're at the bars. If you um, if you place your challenge coin on the bar. With, around your friends if everyone has their challenge coin they put it on the bar and if someone didn't bring their challenge coin then they have to buy the drinks Ooh. but if everybody brought their challenge coin the person that 
initiated it has to buy the drinks. Ah. So uh, um, I I've been caught a couple times not uh, with the with the coin, but I I look forward to challenge people in the in, in the parks. That sounds like a lot <laughs> of fun. A, a a bit of a costly reminder to definitely always bring your challenge. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it was a very hard lesson, but uh, I, I I decided that I'm going to always keep it with me that way. Uh, I'm always on the recipient end of, of uh, the drinks. Or some hospitality from, from fellow friends. Well, <laughs> Skip, we're going to probably go ahead and wrap up this workout here soon. But there's a couple questions that we t- typically have for our guests here at brunch. And again, thank sure. you so much. And one of the first and foremost is that we have a little bit of a battle of a team sweet and a team savory. When it comes to all things brunch and or Disney food, do you have a preference on do you prefer maybe like the deep, like the Disney ice cream cones or are you more of? the turkey leg kind of guy i am definitely 100 percent turkey leg okay uh, team savory okay yeah i mean <laughs> yeah and so uh a lot of people try to duplicate the turkey leg only disney has the best and is you know it's it's a great delicious meal um and you can hold it while you're walking which is great you can do it while you're driving uh so but uh turkey legs are, are my favorite um you know my favorite restaurant uh is Ohana's at, at the park, uh, and uh, those are my... It's classic. But uh, yeah, they don't have turkey legs. But the turkey leg, um, it's it's fantastic. I, I, I've been eating it as a kid, and uh, it's, it's delicious. Well, as an homage to the D3 Club, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite brunch beverage of choice? It's it's going to be a Bloody Mary, just because it's a, it's a meal and... <laughs> It's a drink. <laughs> it's a meal and a drink. At least at some yeah. of the places on Disney property, for sure, right, right. it is a meal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes that's just, that's all you need to order right there is that. Is that. My second would be a uh, mimosa or a poinsettia, which is uh, champagne. Oh, with the cranberry yeah, yeah. juice. Yes. Yeah. Now, the officially, you guys have, um, let's, before we wrap up, we have a couple of mottos. Let's talk about the... Uh, D3 Running Club motto, which I believe is, we may not come in first, but we'll be first to the bar. Is that correct? That's that's a true statement. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's maybe back in college and high school, I would come in first, but not any longer. So I'll definitely be first to the bar. Well, friends, as you are wrapping up this endurance block and maybe you are making your fast finish all the way to the bar, we want to thank you so much, Skip, for joining on in at our brunch table. And of course, friends, as you are thinking about 2023, maybe joining in on the adventures with the D3 Running Club is in your run agenda. So friends, let's keep moving and grooving. All right, so I say because that was our last guest of this jam-packed long run, we're gonna have a fast finish. So let's put the pedal to the metal and get those feet turning over in three, two, and one. Add some spice, let the wheels fall off. Christine, come on, you're feeling spicy with me, right? I'm like pumping you up as we how go are, here. How can we not feel spicy? We've heard from right? so many incredible people and the common theme all the way around was just really, honing in on what brings you joy and what's unique to you. So again, this isn't, you're not competing against anyone else except yourself, friends. So using these final 90 seconds, go ahead and pull up on that pace. We know you've been with us for quite some time chasing after those miles, but I guarantee that this little extra pep in your step will put a big old smile on your face. So keep on pushing. Coach, what are you doing right here and now to convince yourself that you've got what it takes for the final seconds until that cool down comes in so you can have a strong, fast finish? 
I always just embrace the fact that I'm done. Like that's the end of my run. I don't have to conserve energy for the last mile. I don't necessarily have to be on the conservative side. I can just go and run. And that's one of my favorite things to do is just run without having to worry about pace, mileage, whatever. It brings you back to like you're a kid and you're trying to run around the yard just as fast as you can. Not saying that you have to be going Mach 10 here, but I guess the thing is you have the ability to. If you're feeling it, like just let it all hang out. That's the best part about the fast finishes is there's no expectations. You just get to go and not worry. I don't know. Maybe it's like, don't worry about a thing. Again, every song reference I can throw out. In movies, in movies for sure. See, I bring it back to a little bit of a mind game where I I actually envision myself crossing a finish line. So friends with 15 seconds here, you're approaching your finish line, looking tall, looking strong, looking proud, and hopefully feeling extremely proud of yourselves for getting this run in. So we are counting it down to our cool down in three, two, and one phenomenal job friends here we are every time you talk about putting your arms up I either think of Rocky or I think of Judd Nelson at the end of Breakfast Club I hope you get both of those references I have Rocky I don't know if I remember the Breakfast Club I did see it but that was a long long time ago girl (laughs) oh man come on that was back in the late 1900s I don't remember that far back (laughs) I wasn't even alive So yeah, no, I I can't say that that one necessarily comes to mind, but Rocky is classic. We all get it for sure. So friends, if you want to go ahead and embrace your inner Rocky right here, right now, feeling victorious because you have tackled the first big long run of the new year. And I know this one was jam packed and definitely you went the distance with us. Now I have to say, coach, we started the conversation with kind of what we were going to have as our goals. And we got so many great ideas throughout today's conversation. I'm still now, I feel like more inspired than ever before. And I can't wait to do a little bit of journaling, digging a little deeper as to what I want to do because we've got, I mean, literally we ran the gamut from tackling perfect dopey to being a double agent with the half marathon fanatics and the marathon maniacs, um, which double agent makes me laugh. I always think of James Bond. It sounds so, sounds so cool. Um, Hey, there's a movie. You got one. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I I would hope one, (laughs) but yeah, there's just so many great, you know, from finding your new community with uh, D3 running club or of course the brunch community we're always available if you haven't joined us yet join in on our Facebook group page because of course we're ready to welcome you on in and with coach Wesso letting us know about some extra little peps in her steps it's so funny because before talking to her I've never really loved the idea of a run streak you've heard me actually say that I'm not a big run streak fan and I've tackled them myself but didn't love them I think what I loved about hearing her talk about it was making it unique to herself, just like the 50 states endeavor is making it unique to what her rules are, not what other people's rules are. So it kind of is very freeing to see making your goals according to what works for you. Right. And I think what is cool about all of the guests is they all have similarities, but the application of those similarities are different. And it highlights what we've talked about before. And I believe a couple of our guests mentioned that no two runners are the same. No two goals are the same. Um, I do have to say, I think after listening 
and talking with everybody. I think I'm just going to embrace my year of like goal is no goal and just like make it kind of like that yes year we were talking about and just leaning into it. Like, why not? Let me let me just do it. So you're going to have a year of yes, because we talked about in our previous, our quick bite episode from this past week was all about what we would leave behind in 2022. So with 2023, what I'm hearing you say is that you're going to just explore new adventures as they come your way. Yeah. And I think even like when I was doing my own uh, prep for the gold digger workshop is I'm going to make a plan of how to keep myself accountable to say yes. Ooh, yes. I love so. Yes, I um, love yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> so coach, what I'm hearing is that basically this was a good long two hour episode for me just to be able to convince you that you are going to run Ragnar Trail with me this year. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, I'm going to play hard to get with the yeses. <laughs> well, friends, stay tuned on that. But we are so excited to have had you here. It was an absolutely incredible opportunity to chit chat with so many wonderful people. Of course, we'll have all of the ways that you can reach out, stay in touch with every single one of our guests in episode notes. And we welcome you to join our newsletter if you are not yet on our newsletter. It goes out every Friday before the long run. And I think you guys will enjoy it because we we incorporate a lot of jam-packed fun in there as well. Of course, joining our Facebook group community page. You can see that as well on our uh, episode notes. And friends, we will thank you so much for joining in. Give yourself a pat on the back. Of course, rehydrate and refuel with something delicious and nutritious. We welcome you to listen on in again for our quick bites. It's a light movement focused episode, about 20, 30 minutes in length that comes out on Wednesdays. And of course, we're here every Saturday for a long brunch edition because no matter where or when, it's always time for brunch where we're going to be serving up more miles with a side of smiles.